Change your vehicle's oil before your summer road trip and save money now with Pennzoil and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic for just $22.95 after mail-in rebate. Save money and protect your engine against sludge and wear with the synthetic oil change. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today or O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about split hearts, flying monkeys, and the deep, sultry voice of a woman who is sick with not COVID. Allegedly. I promise. <laughs> oh, I can. I mean, I could show you all my tests, but I'm not going to do that. Anyway, I'm Beth Elderkin. I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? I am not as... Uh raspy of throat but also not as well but also don't have covid we're just falling apart but for normal regular non-pandemic ways proud of us yes yay yeah because it's been a fun week um my my today uh when when this podcast comes out it will be my son's first birthday yay Yay. what no no false no he was just born Mm -hmm. he was just born he was just born he's newborn he's newborn he's newborn he's tiny and small He's about to be a toddler. I hate to break it to you. No. I hate to break it to myself because I'd like him to be a little baby forever. Uh, but we got to celebrate this week by having him home because his teacher tested positive and then he came down with a fever. But it turns out it's not COVID. It's just another virus that happened to be circulating at the same time. So life is fun and everyone please stay safe. Weird. And I'm Wait, home weird. with a deep, sultry voice can't tell who copied who because that's exactly the thing that happened to my baby dragon his teacher got came down with covid although my baby dragon decided to come down with covid so you know just following some trends so it's been um it's been an interesting interesting it's a, it's for a both time of us. so yeah, if, well i hope your baby dragon is okay as with yours a uh, happy birthday since this will be coming out on on baby dragon birthdays uh so yeah guys if we just sort of like space off into nothing or rambling or you just suddenly stop being under understand us it's been a tough week guys (laughs) it's been a week it's it it's been a time it's a fun time to be a parent during a pandemic it's fun time to be alive during a pandemic it's great we're great everyone's wonderful it's fine (laughs) (laughs) and we are here to talk about season three episode 19 of once upon a time a curious thing and the curious thing is this episode. It's kind of curious. We have been uh, anticipating this episode since August, I believe. We have. This Based is the on one. The, yes. It's here. it's here. Yes. I literally have a, a tweet on, like, a pinned on my timeline of how amazing the description of this episode was. And you know what? That part of the episode, it delivered. You know? Zelina did, in fact, threaten to kill Henry if Hook did not kiss Emma. She did do that, and 
Oh, the fanfic was born. <laughs> this, the, the random plot that set sail to a strange fanfic plot. A lot of comments about Hook's lips. I think she like dusted him with a rose and said luscious lips once, which I thought were fun. She did. And you be, it, what's interesting to note is this episode was written by the showrunners. No, it wasn't bad. Was yes, it? it? It was. I... Because... Which is kind of funny when you think about it, because it almost feels like a, a Game of Thrones, Daniel Benioff and DBY situation where I'm like, at this point, they shouldn't be writing for the show because they all honestly write their characters in ways that they aren't anymore. Like, there was weird character lines in this episode. There's so much weirdness in this episode. And it's, I mean, starting off strong at the top with how bad all of their face makeup was. They all look like they were Victorian royalty because they were just their foundation was 15 levels too light for them so right from the start a wild episode but yeah this was a lot of just really forced sounding lines yeah like the shoes what was the deal with mary margaret talking about her shoe boxes what is what was it like a 1998 rom-com you know ladies with shoes yeah, and I, I felt like Charming and Snow in particular were a little extra saucy. Like they just put a, they poured a little extra sauce on those two in this episode, which you know I, I I can appreciate because I do love a a supportive, slightly ditzy, uh, Charming who is more. You know, I like I like the himbo Charming, so, <laughs> supportive husband, father, himbo Charming. I like that, but also it was weird at times. It was like they aged down about 10 years because, mm. I mean, somewhere between somewhere between Himbo Charming just like bounding through the woods looking for the Wicked Witch of the South or whatever, uh, and he just picks up a flower for luck. And she's, she just looks at Regina, Snow White, a woman be bearing a child, her second child, who's soon to be queen. And she just looks at Regina with her hands open. It's a snowfell. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Cut to her manically just being like, you should split my heart in half. Do it. I can't live without him. It's been 15 seconds. I'm going to die. It's like this. This was Romeo and Juliet level of wild, uh, like just big swings, big swings. You know, it's a great idea when you're pregnant, taking your heart out of your body. I about texted you while I was watching it. Snow's heart now beats for three. Like, <laughs> Like, I have to split it in half. You get two arteries. You get two arteries. We'll be fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Well, let's go ahead and dive on into this episode. Uh, we're going to go ahead and spend a lot of our time in the present because that's where a bulk of this episode is. And then once we get that reveal of getting their memories back, we're going to find out just exactly what they learned and how they went about learning it because there's a big reveal in this episode. Actually, I'll admit, like... The reveal, while I wasn't surprised, I liked it. I liked how they did it. And we'll get into that. Agreed. Let's go. So we're first going to start with uh, Regina uh, Mac and Hot on Robin Hood in the hallway. <sighs> They're so cute together. I love them. They had weird, like, weird lines back and forth to each other. What did they say to each other? Uh, they said something while they were in the, because they were like in the stables or something. And well, no, she... they were like outside the room, like they were in the hallway of the apartment complex. Uh, no, no, oh. they were in the hallway at Granny's, I think. They were because some... because yeah. they're staying at Granny's Inn. Yeah, but he was just like, hallway. "Why am I in? Like, why do I have a crush on you? Well, why do... Or no, what do you see in me?" She, uh, 
It's like she's three Miller lights in at a college party. Why are you in love with me? Why? What is it that you love about me? <laughs> Tell me. Just mascara running down her face, sobbing in a bathroom. Why? Why do you love me? Uh, and he's just like, probably the same thing that you see in me. Uh, we love second chances around here. <laughs> like, oh, no. What a weird. You guys are on weird rebound relationships, but not with each other. Hmm. Still yeah, cute. That, that's a rest. Recipe for disaster. Uh, how did you feel about Regina's explanation for how she feels feelings without her heart? I I don't know. I thought they were going to set up some sort of like weird thinking about it now. So when, when she first said it, I went, oh, no, he's going to say, take my heart and put it in you <laughs> so I can feel. But then you can feel with my heart. I thought they were going to set up something really corny and cheesy that way. I kind of wish they would have because it would have given credence to what happens later in the episode with Snow and Charming because there's mm. absolutely zero precedent for what happens other than just blind faith that I need my husband to be alive, uh, which I guess could take away from the magic, but I think that would have been a nice through line. Cheesy as all hell, but a nice through line. But yeah, it was weird. It was just weird and awkward and stilted. I mean, I like the explanation that that she can feel, but it's, it's like, it's different. It's weird. And I like how she's like, it's difficult to explain. That's just the blanket statement. And I'm fine with it. I I do have to roll my eyes a little bit because of how many ways they have portrayed how someone feels when they don't have their heart or how someone acts when they don't have their heart. Like, for example, Graham was at her bidding and he could still, he, he like, he was disconnected from his emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aurora just turned into a freaking zombie and and Cora was, like, will, willfully detached. I, I feel like they all can work together, but it, it does feel a little inconsistent. I want, I feel like there's an entire, like... 25 page thesis you could do about if you remove feelings from a person how they react to things because removing the feelings from Cora I mean what's that realistically going to do how powerful does she feel the feelings anyway and they never really influenced her behavior to begin with so taking them away just actually helps her uh Aurora she's all feelings she's like one big ball of feelings put into a dress and a big hair wig so you take away her feelings she's nothing she's just a little zombie lady uh, and Regina's similar to Cora. She doesn't super thrive on her emotions other than anger. So taking them away, she can still kind of feel things, but muted. I can't explain Graham. Come back to me. I can, I can patch the, I can patch up the Graham thing. Just give me about 10 minutes. <laughs> I will say one example of this kind of storyline that I thought was really well done was actually on the magicians with the character of Julia, where in one of the seasons she gets removed from what's called her shade, which is essentially her emotional core, her feelings, her, that part of part of her personality and the way that they represent how she engages with the world, how detached she becomes, how, she, you know, like she'll make logical decisions that ha- do countless amounts of harm, but it's it's a very Kant kind of. I've been watching The Good Place, so you know, moral nice. philosophy. I mean, nice. Uh, it's very much like you know, it's not moral absolutionism. It's like if you can do the little, what is a tiny bit better is going to be the the right choice, even if it causes harm to a lot of people. So they don't do that here, but I just wanted to point that out. I do I appreciate that when either of us are rewatching The Good Place, we get very moral philosophy on this show. 
But but I in my case I get it wrong. I'm pretty sure I just did. But you know oh, what? No. It's okay. I'm not saying I was right either. But it's just like you know, as as um in a in a total bear of me. No, yeah. It you can always <laughs> just you can you can I feel like you can just tell what shows we're rewatching sometimes based on how we wax poetic about this show. Uh, True. But yeah, you're right. They they just sort of whatever they need it to be because what they set it up for with Cora is that you know she doesn't even really love uh regina like she loves her in kind of a power move but then that wouldn't work if you remove regina's heart and then she feels like basically nothing for henry that doesn't work yeah well cora when she got her heart back all of a sudden was like oh that's what love is i love you so like yeah it's it's we don't need to dwell on it but just suffice to say i think they've been they don't they haven't had a a core definition of what it means to have your heart removed and how that impacts you as a person maybe this is them like the showrunners in particular kind of trying to solidify that but then again it's probably just gonna get broken again because that's what the show does it, it forgets everything about its own story and its own canon we just have to live with it I, I do have some questions and we'll get to it about the consistency of hearts because it seems like they might be glass but they're also dust but they're also squishy I've got questions <laughs> Well, Abby, why don't you take us through this latest of many planning meetings where, for some reason, Snow and Emma decide to be really catty to Regina for no reason? This is so mean. I hated this. I appreciated this because we were talking about it before where you weren't sure at what stage uh, Jennifer Goodwin's like pregnancy was at, like if she was still pregnant or if she was... Uh, just like she's not pregnant anymore, but they're keeping her pregnant. Uh, this episode, she was 100% still pregnant, especially in these scenes. She was like her setting was to sit on a couch and to sit as comfortably as humanly possible, arms up, just just sitting there, just like I will act from here. I will move my eyes. That's it. Those are the things that I will be doing. They make a comment about how they're waiting for Hook, uh, and then they just like. They just start, their planning meetings are so wild to me. I guess I'm saying wild, but they're crazy because like they're bad. They're just bad plans all the time. They don't actually make plans. They just say they need to make a plan and then they just talk. And, but the talking is always just like, hey, what about this idea? Yes, that's the idea that we will all run with for the rest of the episode. No one ever questions it you know like hey like we need to get henry to believe okay well how do we get henry to believe well henry believed before because we found the book because he believed that he was alone and had no family and everyone around him was toxic and terrible sorry regina and she's like that wasn't true like but he believed it at the time okay okay pump the brakes you're right they spent a while just being a dick to her uh, I mean, to be fair, though, Regina did make, like, do a little fat shaming on a pregnant woman, so... What was that about? <laughs> so so maybe 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 Mary Margaret's um, uh, spines were up a little bit. Maybe she was feeling a little defensive, and I don't blame her because, Regina, that was mean. Yes. And so there's something I kind of want to talk about because it, it comes into place here and then in later scene with Mary Margaret and Emma. Because their whole thing is they want to find... They want to find the book... Uh, to give to a now teenager because they think it's going to have the same impact as it did on a nine-year-old child. We have to just go with it. 
But there's this whole like undertone where Emma maybe doesn't want him to remember. She wants the life that they had together. She wants to take him back to New York. She wants to disconnect from all of it. One thing they never explicitly say, or at least they haven't yet, but I wonder if you feel like it's kind of implied or if they're just not addressing it, is Emma doesn't want to share him with Regina. Hmm. I don't know. I, I guess I, I I did not get that feeling. I was getting more of the feeling that Emma just didn't want to go back or Emma wanted to go back. She didn't want to be while she likes all the fairy tale stuff and it is part of her. I was getting more of like the unanswered question of you wish you don't remember because we, we did kind of grapple with that. And then she kind of comes to and she's like, no, this is fine. This is great. But she never really gets over it for Henry, and I think that's her not getting over it for herself. But that's an interesting idea that she she doesn't want to share him with Regina. I don't think she wants to share him with anybody, quite honestly. Yeah, I this was just something that kept going in my mind because like during that scene with Mary Margaret and Emma later on, where where Mary Margaret gets really mad at her because she's just like, "You just want to leave us, and you know this is not you know you're you're you're." You're, you're disconnecting and you're not letting us, you know, share in Henry and you're not letting Henry share in his family. I felt like there was one, they were one step away from being like, you know, Regina is his mother too. And you're, you're being, you're kind of hoarding him. Like, that's the whole thing is like the one thing that Emma never says, but it feels like it's implied is I'm his mother now. She's not his mother anymore. And I just feel like it's really mean to Regina. Like Emma at no point seems to be taking Regina's feelings into consideration and how, you know, how Regina deserves to have him in her life and how Henry deserves to have her in his life. I also think it's an interesting dichotomy of the fact that this is the same thing Regina was doing. Mm. She was trying to keep Henry locked away like, yeah, you can see him. I trot him out for, you know, official ribbon cutting ceremonies and things. Uh, but mostly I keep him to myself. Uh, but also neglecting the fact that they all know and Emma knows. And again, they all know Henry thrives with a village. Henry, mm -hmm. Henry didn't like being alone with Regina and he's. All... <sighs> so they set it up weird for why he's chomping at the bit in with Emma by himself. Cause he's kind of happy like in New York, but she basically abandons him for like the last couple of episodes. She's just not even talked to him. And so like he's upset because she's just being weird and cagey as opposed to what I would have liked to see is of just like her trying to seclude him a little bit more and him being like, no, these people rule. These people are great. They're a little strange, but okay. <laughs> that lady tells what? me about cradle cap anymore. I'm going to leave. <laughs> Well, it kind of does end up coming to a head because Emma once again goes out for this mission and um and goes with with Charming and Hook and ever and well, not Hook because he's not there. We'll we'll find out where he's at in a minute. But they all head out and uh, Henry follows behind and he starts using his his sleuthing skills and yes, he starts does. interrogating her and doing that smart thing that you and I had talked about before that is good on Henry. Yes. And Emma does the thing that I like to call it the Lorelai Gilmore, where I've spent my entire life trying to be best friends with my child. I don't want to be the mom. I want to be cool, best friends with my kid. 
But then when I decide to pull the mom card, the only time I do it is in an almost abusive, yelly kind of way. Like, she's never his mom in, like, any other way. She never pulls the mom card unless it's, like, to be a disciplinary. But otherwise, we're cool. We're chill. We play video games together. It's fine. I talk to you about my life. I We have very blurred lines about who's an adult and who's a child. And it's one of the things I like but also dislike about Emma. So they, they, that comes to a head with Emma just like snapping at him. And obviously he takes it to, he takes it on the chin pretty well. Uh, and immediately is just like, fine, I want the keys so I can go play, uh, my Game Boy, which I did not realize how dated until he said it. He was like, my Game (laughs) Boy. I was like, oh, that sounded like an ancient word, like VHS and VCR. It hurts. It hurts. (laughs) Uh. And she's like, yeah, here are every key. Here's the key to Granny's, but also the key to my car. I'm sure this will not go wrong in any way. And then Emma and Regina, two people who know exactly what Henry looks like when he's lying or being evasive, watches him make the most obvious I'm about to run all the way away face and then stomps through Granny's in the most like, I'm running away, I'm running away. And Grumpy is just like staring at himself in the mirror across the way. I'm angrily drinking coffee. What are you doing, Grumpy? What are you doing? And he goes, he goes, he decides he's going to steal Emma's car and then can't figure out how keys work. Why was he struggling with this? Also, I don't believe for a second that Emma locks the doors to that. Never. Yeah, I think they were like with the key thing, they're kind of maybe trying to make a little bit of a parallel to when Emma first hotwired it, like, you know, the struggle to to open the car. But it just makes him look like stupid because he's opened he's had her keys to open the car before. Like there's no well, there's no logical reason why he would have never he does he knows what the key is. He knows which key it is. And he, he also knows, knows how to put like. keys in locks. Like it's the, Yeah. I, I love it when television shows try to do this as if like, because it looked like he'd had too many Red Bulls because the way his whole hand was just like, I can't find, how am I going to do this? It's like, that's not how, like that, that's not how it works unless we've established that he has some sort of hand-eye coordination situation, which we have not. So all of this was just, just a reason for him to not to have gotten into the car because I think it would have been harder for Hook to have convinced him to get out of the car. But if he's already yes. outside of the car, Hook doesn't have that much to work with. He's just like, just come on. We're just going to go over here to the winter time. Uh, yeah, because he's been given a task and he has uh, he has a deadline in which to do it. Although he kind of doesn't do the task and says, decides to do a, a different task. Because who, who, where was Hook? Where was Hook when this meeting was taking place, Abby? Where a was trunk. He? He was in a trunk. He's in a trunk. And a million fanfics were born. Kidnapped, <laughs> hooked, bound, and gagged in the trunk of a car. Ah, uh, yes. This then, is like, problematic. This could be problematic. Let's move on. Zelina was so... Zelina was very extra and very also super weird. She's like, oh, a rose. I love roses. And then she's like tickling Killian's face with it. And she's like, you didn't kiss and murder Emma yet. Not murder. Just take her magic. So you need to go do that or I'm going to murder Henry. Ooh, and then her parents, but mostly Henry. And so he's like, fine, I'll go do it. Uh, but what he actually means is I'm going to go... Um, put henry on a boat couldn't possibly find him on a boat it's it's a secret boat it's a secret. yeah and this 
this whole scene was really funny to me where Hook is lying so badly. Smee is lying so badly. And, and Henry is like, he knows they're lying. He knows they're lying to his face. And yet he's like, I'm so desperate to leave. I'm going to get on this tiny boat with a strange man I've never met before who shares a name with a cartoon character. I, I also, again, I also appreciate that it for no reason in this scene alone is snowing and it apparently has been snowing for a while. Was not snowing outside of the diner, outside of Granny's. Is not snowing later when they get into a fight on the docks. It's just Winterfell docks. Winterfell is landlocked. It doesn't have docks. But you know what I mean. Just like, cool. Where's the wall? Where's Jon Snow and the Ice Walkers? What's happening here? Uh, But yeah, I also appreciate that they never, like, Killian does not have winter gear. He just has more leather, but the same (laughs) V-neck, V-cut like my shoulder's much warmer chest still as cold as ever terrible he's like legolas he he can he doesn't need to change his outfit for any weather he's adaptable he's adaptable he's so adaptable oh Uh, my god oh my god i just had the most random thought do you think there is killian jones and legolas fanfic there's gotta be right there's gotta be one i think i'm gonna look it up while you talk about the next session it 100 percent exists um i'm just gonna just because it's it's something I've I've learned, but I'm not going to give any indication as to what it is. I'm just going to give you bullet points, and if any of these words tip you off, you'll understand what my brain is doing, uh, rotting in lockdown. Uh, Omegaverse, Mitt Romney. That those are the bullet points. Those are the bullet points of a fan fiction that exists. So, if the first word doesn't mean anything to you, that's fine. Please don't Google it. No, don't. I I know what you're talking about, yeah. and I don't. I don't want to hear about any of that. No, it's a fan fiction. It exists on Ao3. <laughs> so, uh, there is some Lord of the Rings and Once Upon a Time crossover fan fiction on fanfiction.net. Here's the first it. one that I found. I'm going to read you this description. It's called "Until the Stars Are All Alight." When Emma Swan steals a yellow Volkswagen Beetle, she has no idea it will lead her to adventure and a love stronger than anything she could imagine. Tasked with bringing the savior home, the elf, Killian Jones of Misthaven, travels to the land without magic. Can he convince Emma to fulfill her destiny before the Dark One regains power and takes over the Enchanted Forest? So apparently Killian's an elf now. A wood elf named Killian? Don't believe it. Out of here. Get all the way out of here. Frodo Baggins is now in Hyperion Heights with a girl who thinks she's his daughter. (laughs) Oh my god. These are amazing. Guys, I love how fanfiction brain works sometimes. Uh, oh Thing God. I mentioned before, not I so much. I want to read every single one of these. No, what you need to do. So I don't You where, What website did you say you were at? I'm at fanfiction.net. So do they tell you what pairings there are? Because it's one of the uh, things if you go to uh, if you go to archive of our own and you do those searches, it'll tell you like people will tag what the pairings are. I No, seen... this doesn't have the slash pairings. No. Okay, but th- but there is a five part series called Strong Intentions that is a crossover between Lord of the Rings and Once Upon a Time, where um, where Frodo Baggins and other Lord of the Rings characters are in Storybrooke. Okay, okay, okay. That that makes sense. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Does I now I'm gonna ha- I'm going to one hundred percent go read that fan fiction because I want to know does Killian the Wood Elf have both his hands what is his weapon of choice 
I've got questions. I'm also. Right, I'm, I'm going to read you one more description and then yes. we're going to move on because this one is really. This one is. So, this is Strong Intentions, the bonus version. So, this is the bonus edition oh, I love for, a this bonus five, edition. for this multi part series. While at Bag End, the hobbit Frodo Baggins finds a mysterious box. Pressing the remote, he sits and watches the entire Once Upon a Time series, giving comments as he does so. What? <laughs> okay. Is this. Is this is this Frodo before or after his adventure? Because I would love like a like a like a broken, just depressed Frodo who's seen the edge of existence and the evils of all man and born in Middle Earth, and he's watching Once Upon a Time as some sort of catharsis, much like two random thirty somethings watching it during a pandemic. It's the last shred of hope that we have. Oh, we are we are Frodo. We are Frodo. Oh, post we ring. We are Frodo. We soon, <laughs> soon we will board the ship with Gandalf into the Undying Lands and be forever young and beautiful. Ah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, so um, so yes, they are about to head out on a boat, but that's not going to happen because uh, we're about to get attacked by monkeys. But before that can happen, we cut to a closet where people are looking for a book. And this is a very good plan, and it's a working plan. It's a plan that involves doing things. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's a plan in which energy is expended. Uh, they're just ter- the plan is to find the book. And how did Mary Margaret find it? She just needed it, and it appeared. Um, sure. So they start looking for it, and I love the setup for this because it was two clearly different boxes. So Emma pulls out this really nice little box. And she goes, maybe it's in here and pulls it out to put it on the bed when she could have literally just looked at it in the closet. And when it pans down to what she's looking at, she removes three things. There's three things in these boxes in this box. We can clearly see the bottom of the box. And then like a mom in a very mom energy move, move. I'll check it. You didn't look (laughs) enough. I will check again. And Emma, you know, being like, I already looked. And then suddenly now this thing has a whole bunch of uh, fabric in it because there's way more things. So then she moves it over and the book suddenly appears. And this is so that Emma can look slightly disappointed that it's been found. But also, I didn't read it as that at the time. I read it as the, what? Like the like moment where you gaslight yourself being like, wait, wait a minute. I looked. Oh, right? yeah. Didn't I? Did I look? I don't think I looked. Like, you just walk yourself out of it. Like, I didn't look. <laughs> oh, that's why it's like the worst feeling because you just, you feel so, you're so embarrassed. You don't trust your own brain. You're like, I have memories yeah. of looking. I don't see it. Uh, so we found the book. Cool. Now we just have to go find Henry. Where's Henry? He's about to com- com- uh, just uh, another, uh, another Gilmore Girls reference for this episode. He and Smee, who will be Logan Huntsberger in this moment, are about to go steal a yacht. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but before that can happen, uh, they are attacked by a huge challenge to Henry's psyche because this boy doesn't believe in magic, and yet he is looking at a bunch of flying monkeys. And I feel like his reaction a little underwhelming, uh, very um, much. Yeah, and so they get chased. Uh, Hook starts blasting off his phasers, pew pew pew. And I, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out in the same episode we see uh, Prince Philip and, and Princess Aurora. Becoming monkeys. Right. So I'm pretty sure we just saw a bunch of our friends get murdered. 
I as I was watching them, I was like, pew, goodbye, Tiny, pew, goodbye, uh, Prince Philip, pew, 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 goodbye, uh, so-and-so from the market, goodbye, goodbye, Sleepy, pew, pew, pew. I'm like, yeah. I mean, yeah, they don't have their memories back yet, but when they do, they're going to feel like crap. Also, was that monkey a flying pregnant monkey? Uh. Like, if she stayed pregnant, would she give birth to a little flying monkey? And then just, we got a lot of questions about kissing monkeys and reproductive monkeys situations. Anyway, yes. I, mean, I, I have no questions about that. <laughs> I uh, I have a thousand questions. Uh, I do like Killian, like, Hook is running and he's like, Henry, keep running no matter what you see. That would have made me stop running. <laughs> what? Yeah. Excuse me? What's about to happen? And then, again, you're right. It's a very underwhelming reaction from Henry because what then happens is, so there's flying monkeys already. Quite a bit to unpack uh, in your brain that doesn't believe in magic yet. And then the mayor of the town runs in with a fireball. Your mom has a gun and is just vaporizing flying monkeys. Uh, the two weirdos uh, that keep talking about Cradle Cap, one of them now has a sword. Uh, it's just like a lot, a big thing to happen. And it it's very anticlimactic because Emma also doesn't give him any moment to like steep in it. <laughs> She's just like, kid, do you believe in me? Do you believe in me? Like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> do you believe in magic? Here, hold this book. Apparently, just holding it is all it takes Henry's, nowadays. Henry's true love is a book. <laughs> <laughs> With true love's keys. I love, oh, because, she, so they do it. Uh, the little pulse happens and Henry, mom, mom. And he's all very excited. And I, I did tear up a little bit because when he looked yeah. at Regina and said mom and she got really she got she, everything about this uh, and then it's a, okay Emma do it I don't feel I feel like I didn't register that this was part of the plan was that to break the curse it had to be Emma kissing Henry again so she goes to do it and then Zelina ever the extra lady uh, zaps Henry away in just that moment whoosh <laughs> Which I She's thought like, was cool. Like, I like that. This was cool. And the, the, the stakes seemed somewhat high until the magic thing happened. Because it was so campy. The ah! magic spotlight that was ah! just, like, shown under their butts. And that was, like, no. the, the that was the extent of it. It was no. just a spotlight. I can't be in direct light. My contouring. It's not. It was not made for this. <laughs> I'm a fall. I'm not a winter. Ah! I'm only a winter when I'm wearing my green makeup. Ah! Uh, yeah, she she basically outs Hook as having, you know, not fulfilled her plan. And that's when, like, Emma hits her with her light magic. And she's like, oh, no! And she's like, I think they were trying to do the I'm melting thing, but it just kept seeming weird. And so she's she screams right before she leaves, not under the spotlight anymore. But she's just like, enjoy your last moments. They're the last you'll ever have. And leaves. Very dramatically. But not before she smacked Regina once and Regina fell down. And even though Regina has arguably had way worse, you know, way worse fight smacks than this, apparently this was all it took to knock her unconscious. A a sisterly slap will really, it's a different kind of slap. Yeah, it just gets you. Uh, And then so Henry's like, oh, mom, mom, wake up. She gets up and she's like, don't worry, I'm fine. And she gives him a sweet little kiss on the forehead and (gasps) rainbow pulse. 
We did it. Uh, Regina broke the curse of true love's kiss. And now we're going to find out what exactly they all know. Because this was the curse. This was the, this brought back all their memories of the last year. Uh yes, we cut to so the oh this is what I talked about before. That we open with them all in Regina's tower mm-hmm. and they're all all of their makeup looks like Victorian stage makeup. It just looked bad. I don't know. If, I I only noticed it in this scene, but I noticed it with Regina first. But Snow and Charming also just look like the only powder they could find to set everything with was white. Uh, and so they're like, "Yeah, it's gonna be fine. We're gonna we're gonna figure out why uh, this is happening." Aurora and Philip show up, and they're like, "Oh." She threatened. Well, they just to- like happened to be there. This was all so weird. Like, was this the moment they were revealing that they had been traitors this whole time? Like, I didn't get this whole progression. Well, first of all, the- I I skipped over the part where Belle shows up in a hood and she's just like Rumple's alive, but he's dead. But Neil's alive, but Neil's dead. I don't know what's going on, but I know where she's keeping him. Cool, awesome. Just cut to Aurora and Philip being like, "Oh, she wants your baby. She threatened to hurt us, so we told her things. We're sorry." and Zelina shows up, turns them into flying monkeys, and they just fly away, I guess, to be murdered later at the docks. Yeah. And this whole thing was kind of weird. This was probably my favorite scene of the episode, but not because it was good, but because it made me laugh so hard. I was cackling in my house. Zelina turns them into flying monkeys and they fly away. And then she freezes Regina and Snow and Charming and goes to feel Snow's baby belly. She didn't freeze Belle. And Belle is in the background, awkwardly standing there, not knowing what to do. And I couldn't, I could not stop watching her because they didn't give the actress any direction and they didn't freeze her. So she's just like, well, I guess I'm just going to hang out here. I don't have my books. I don't know how to handle this situation. Mm. It was oh, so- Belle. Like, did you see to- that? Did you see it when you were watching it? I didn't because I was too busy watching Zelina put her hands on Snow's belly and I was willing Snow to come out of the trance and deck Zelina right in the face. Like, Zelina, and I'm not going to say this is the worst thing that Zelina does because Zelina does some really out-of-pocket shit uh, coming up and has already done. Uh, guys, don't touch a pregnant lady's belly. I know no. she's evil. I know she's doing evil intent and she wants to steal the baby and use it for a time travel thing. Don't, don't touch a pregnant lady's belly. Just don't. That's all. I didn't notice it because I was too busy being like secondhand furious for snow. <laughs> Just, Get your hands yeah. off her belly. <laughs> well, I'll, I mean, I don't recommend rewatching this whole episode because I don't think you need to. Start to finish for this specific moment. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I would say you might want to rewatch this scene because it's very funny just watching Belle in the background. I will 100% watch it. So, yeah. So, apparently, uh, she knew she was pregnant at month one, like the moment she missed her cycle, because then they say eight months later and she's she's nine months pregnant. So, like, this is how you know this episode was written by men. Yeah, exactly. They didn't actually, like, notice, like, one, you normally don't announce a pregnancy until, I mean... They say, like, you know, you wait till 12 weeks because of the risk of a pregnancy loss, which is, a, in my opinion, a ridiculous taboo that's meant to just shame people uh, for, who experience pregnancy loss. But we're not going to go into that. Uh, but 
you don't often know you're pregnant unless you're taking these, you know, unless you're taking pregnancy tests on the regular. You don't know you're pregnant until usually at least six, six or seven weeks um, because you have to wait until you miss enough of your cycle to know that it's not coming back. And she's in the Enchanted Forest. I don't think she has HCG tests. Yeah, she was definitely not like clocking it through an app and just being like, okay, it's day one. I get. I guess I'm gonna pull out these strips I bought from Amazon and I'm gonna figure it out. <laughs> uh, it's standing over it at four o'clock in the morning. Come on. Yeah. No. She's. She doesn't have this. There. There's no way. Like she felt like. I think she didn't. She just like intuitively know. She's like, I'm pregnant. It's happening. No. Uh, yeah. And she yeah, also this- like. You know, Zelina went to feel the belly and there was a noticeable bump on there. So like that baby grew real fast and then just stayed there. Yeah. This. This. There is a reason that when women decide that they want to have babies uh, and they start doing the research, they realize how not only public education, but also television as a whole has failed them. Because no idea, no idea what pregnancy is or how hard it is. Anyway. 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 Well, it's eight months later and she's at nine months and they're in the war room uh, and they're all trying to figure out a plan to uh, defeat Zelina. And their plan is to go... Talk to Rumple. Oh, God, fuck. It's, it's, I swear to God. So first of all, I don't remember if it's the beginning scene or if it's this war room scene, but I loved Snow's outfit where she kind of looked like the Queen of Hearts. She oh, that, that was the opening. And then this one, she was wearing white. Like, I loved all her coats in the Enchanted Forest. Like, they gave her new outfits as the queen in, you know, as married to Prince Charming back in the Enchanted Forest. And I loved them. Yeah. Like, I love her. I love her regal coats. Yes. So they decide they're going to go talk to Rumple. I love that they randomly cut to Granny rolling her eyes while she knits. <laughs> She's just like there, just rolling her eyes. She says nothing. It is just a very odd cut to her. Just be like, oh, she's there. Hi, Granny. Where's Red? Yeah, it, it kind of feels like one of those things where when they have the actor, they want to make sure, like, for the present, they need to include them in the past. Like, Grumpy is in the past, and he doesn't need to be, because he's just there to be snarky, and then he goes away. Like, he isn't needed to be in this war room. No. But they needed him for the present to do something else, so they just have him in both. I love it. They were like, Grumpy found something. Was it a curse? Uh, so they decide they're going to go talk to Rumple. Uh, and I love that their plan was, well, Belle, you used to be locked inside of it. And she says the honest thing. Yeah, I know how to get out of it. I don't think I could get into it. <laughs> Most of my plan for escaping is falling out windows. So unless we brought a ladder. <laughs> or falling in love. Or falling in love. How do you get out of the castle? Well, first you romance the man who enslaved you. Whoa. How do you do that in opposite? Hmm. So <laughs> she, they decide to go. And this is where we get our himbo Prince Charming because he's just like bounding through the woods and he finds her a flower and he's like, for luck. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's a pretty snowball. And she's like, this sucks. I hate I this. I hate you both. I hate so much. Uh, and they have Robin Hood with them because Robin is like, oh, I snuck into the castle. I can get us in. And... I loved Regina's line in this scene because, like, evil Queen Regina coming out and being snarky in this when she's normally very nice in this this Enchanted Forest is just delicious cake to me because she's just says something like about how like they use pine cones for money and bathe in the river and I'm just like 
I love you. I love you, Regina. I Never love, change. I Your love side it because ponytails glorious. I love it too because like it does seem like she genuinely has no idea how to be like anything less than a queen. She's like, I don't know what would you do when you lived in a wood. Talk to a bear. Uh, where do you buy your things? Where do you buy your shoes that you put in boxes? Uh, and so they go to see Rumple. They get in there. They go to talk to Rumple, and Rumple's crazy. And Regina crazy. and Robin are not getting along. They no, make that very clear. Regina is just like, why would we bring him? He's a thief. And no one says because he knows how to break into things. Like, no one says the obvious line, but, like, Rump- uh, Robin's just like, yeah, there's a lot of traps in there. Yeah, we got that. It's Rumple's castle. So, okay. <laughs> uh, so they go, they talk to Rumple, who's, cra- who's cuckoo bananas, uh, because of what we know is that Neil is crammed inside his head. Important note for later. Oh, and yeah, very, he, very important note. And and then Belle decides that she's the chosen one and can get through uh, to him. So she puts her hand inside with a hungry wolverine uh, and is shocked when he scares her. Uh, I, I hate that they do how many times they've played this card. I think it's been, what, three times in this half season? I'm pretty sure this is the third time that they've done it. Might even be the fourth because we have the past and the present. Like she keeps, this is like, they just keep being like, he won't be like that with me. He's a monster, but not with me. And I'm like, okay, fine. And he tells them that they have to go see Glinda, the good witch of the South, who was banished to the North in our kingdom. And he has to, (laughs) I love how he's like through the door, step inside, peer apart, then she won't hide. And they got to remember that for later because then when they actually go and it's just Regina snow and charming they find a door in the middle of nowhere and then snow is like through the door step inside a pure heart it's his riddle i'm like it's a fucking door in the middle of nowhere it's not a riddle he just was pointing you in the direction and then it there it's also barely a riddle go through the door if you're pure of heart you'll see her that's it yeah he just made a run it's not a riddle i would also like to point out uh that i loved this I, oh no, I forgot what I was going to say. <gasps> I completely <gasps> forgot. No, it was something so good. Dang it. All right, it well, we'll good. come back to it. It was a it. really good, it was, just guys remember, just think about like laughing like a lot. Like it was a really funny. <laughs> uh, thank you, Beth. Thank you, Beth. You're welcome. You're welcome. So yeah, he tells them their little riddle and he's like, you know, they're going to go, going to go. Uh, talk. Oh, I remember what it, was. it actually wasn't even funny. It was just something I noted. I rewound it to make sure I was right. The closed captioning didn't even catch it. When Rumple says her name, he calls her Galinda, and Belle repeats Glinda, which I think was cute because uh, that's a Wicked nod. Because in the first act of Wicked, she is Galinda, and I don't remember who. I think it's uh, one of the teachers can't say her name right, so he keeps calling her Glinda. And then, like when he's like murdered or something, she decides to just be Glinda as an honor because she's fake being nice because she's a mm. popular girl anyway that's a wicked reference is he calls her galinda and bell goes glinda and they just all carry on with glinda oh that's cute um but yeah, yeah so they and they enter through regina can't do it because uh, she is not pure of heart she's got vengeance uh and then this the woman who played glinda looked very familiar to me i looked Thank her up you. her name is sunny mabry I also uh, looked her up. I could not figure out what it was. I think she just looks like a supermodel. <laughs> she kind of looks I, like, um, what's her face? Um, I don't remember. 
But yeah, uh, she's like, I think the only thing I probably would have recognized her from was she was briefly on Mad Men. Hmm. Um, but other than like, she's done different you, you things. You didn't like recognize her from Limp Biscuits Notre uh, music video Nookie? You did, is that not what you recognized her from? No, that is not what I recognized her from. Interesting, interesting. Uh, this whole thing was nonsense. It was a stupid. Okay, I'm just making sure that got stated. This was nonsense. They walk through the door. Also, how did she do that? Doesn't uh, doesn't Snow's heart have a patch on it? A patch of darkness. I oh questions. yeah, I wonder. I wonder which half Charming got. I hope it was that part, and he's just like, "I'm so angry." Mm, smash the flowers. <laughs> uh, yeah, this whole thing was like she's in snow, and she and I until Glinda started speaking as they walked into it, and I went Elsa. And started singing, do you want to build a snowman? Just until she started speaking. Uh, Yeah, the whole thing is, uh, I gave her a necklace to control her power. Also, she hates light magic that's only born from true love. (gasps) It's Emma. Emma. Like, we had, there was a long walk to get to this that we needed to. And they just shoved it into about three lines for this, like, once throwaway character of Glinda the Good Witch. Who is now the abominable snowman, apparently. Well, I think we're going to get the explanation for this in the next episode uh, because the flashback is involves Dorothy and Glinda and oh, Zelina. Okay. So I think they're going to explain it, but the way that they teased it was very bad and I didn't, it, it, it didn't work very well. Yes. I also, I, I have to wonder if the whole fact that she's in the frozen north and all this stuff is them leading to, I'm, I wonder if they're going to connect it to frozen. I, I honestly can't remember, but- they're going to tease us frozen in like three episodes. So I wonder if this is part of that, if Glinda's maybe from Arendelle or connected to Arendelle or not. And they just needed, they just already had the snow effect paid for and they just wanted to use it more. Yeah. Right. Uh, So they decided to do that. And then they start kind of putting their little thinking caps together and they're like, you know, if she wants to do a dark, you know, or no, no, this was in the past in the past there or in the future, sorry, in current, times they were like what did she sacrifice what did she sacrifice so they decide the only way to get back to emma is to cast a dark curse mm-hmm. but the only way to cast a dark curse is to kill something you love well the way the way of oh, the heart of what you love but so, somehow i don't remember this being one of the constraints uh but apparently regina cannot cast it again she put up all Ooh. these walls and bricks and mortar no, she can. She just said the thing she loves most is Henry, and he's oh. not there. And, oh, okay. and she wouldn't do it anyway. Well, that's like, true. No, she, yeah. Uh, I, and I do really want to point out that uh, earlier in the episode, Snow was a total dick to Regina and was just like, no, it was Emma. It was like, well, yeah, like because they were saying, oh, Zelina doesn't have anything that she loves. And Emma's like, well, neither did you, and you found a way to make it work. And I was like, dude, she murdered her father. Chill. What are you talking about? Which is interesting because Snow then murdered Emma's father. So it's connected. It's all connected. Uh, So Snow then decides, I love, by the way, I don't know when it happened, but uh, I think it was after leaving Glinda's. Snow's hair just like progressively gets bigger and crazier as Mm. the past scenes go on. Uh, which is really funny to me for some reason. Uh, and she's like, no, I will cast the dark curse. Well, what will I kill? Uh, and, and she's like, no, 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 no. She, she's like, I can't do this. I can't do this because I would have to kill Charming. I do not understand why Charming was like, yeah, totally do it. Kill me. Please, please kill me. Like he, 
He was like, this is for our child. It's very important that his father dies right up top. Let's go. And both uh, Regina you, and Charming were like fully into it. Snow was not at all. Do you like, feel it's accurate that the the heart of the thing she loves most would be her husband over her children? I honestly don't. I like, do. That's, I, that's an awkward question. I don't know how to answer. But I do mostly because I believe she loves Emma, but I think she's got a, she does just genuinely have a longer relationship with Charming. Mm-hmm. And I think she has a different kind of love for Emma. And I think she has a very like a found love of Charming. Like they are, they are a bonded pair in, you know, top to bottom. And so it's like with Emma and a child, like that's a different kind of love. And I yeah. think that the the unconditional love of somebody that you found, met, and you've decided to procreate with, that's more in line with Snow. Because, again, she doesn't really know Emma, and she also can't crush Emma's heart. Uh, uh, but, yeah, she's like, she doesn't want to do it. But Charming and Regina like, you, you're going to have to kill him. You're just going to have to kill him. And somehow they talk her into it, and they're making the curse in this giant, what looks to be oversized, toxic waste barrel. <laughs> Not even like a cool cauldron. Couldn't whip that out. Uh, so they start making it. Regina takes out Charming's heart. She says, uh, I just let you know this is going to hurt. Uh, I don't know how else to tell you. It's just going to hurt. Takes his heart out. And they have this cute little like goodbye thing. And I think it would have meant a little bit more, you know, because obviously they were trying to hint at the fact that he was dead the whole time. But you know that he's in the present. So like it doesn't hit right. You can tell that this isn't like a real actual character goodbye, so it was almost drawn out too much. Yeah, it it was it, the whole thing was very weird to me. Like the and this I this wasn't unintentional, but the whole thing the whole time I wasn't caring about their goodbye. I wasn't feeling the emotion of the goodbye. I was just in my mind over and over thinking, how are they going to get out of this? He's alive in the present. How are they going to get out of this? He's alive in the present. Like I wasn't paying attention to the emotion of the scene because they already undid it. Yeah. So. so and they undid it in like the span of like five minutes. So it's fine. Also interesting. Like they don't like everyone dies differently when their heart gets crushed. Like didn't Graham basically have a heart attack? Like mm-hmm. he was clutching. He's like, nah, like his heart was already crushed and gone. He was like, Ugh, I'm dying. Uh, but like charming was just like and done, flop, and so he, flop he flops onto the ground. It's all very theatrical, uh, and snow, bless her, just all hair and gown. And as it's happening, because they don't even like Regina's like, oh, it's already been cast, like it's already happening, but nothing's actually happening. Zelina swoops in and um, just dumps green. Whoop inside of it beep and she's like yeah i uh i put in a, a forgetting potion so now you'll never know what i look like or what even happened neener 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 and then leaves mm-hmm. uh so that's how we have amnesia is because uh zelina showed up in the last second she didn't stop them before this happened she just decided to stop them now uh or at least put a, a Let's stop uh, gap their until cog. she could. Yeah. yeah, because she just all she need all she needs is a little time. Just a little time. A moment that is hers while she's in between not casting her curse and casting her curse. Amazing. She's not a girl, not yet, Regina. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. Okay, uh, so they yeah, so they're they're about to go into the world. They're like, well, shit, 
we're gonna lose our memory that's fine well charming's like i won't lose anything because i'm dead and the blood i am losing oxygen to my brain moment by moment i don't remember how long a body can live without oxygen to the brain before becoming brain dead but we don't need to care about that because snow's like split my heart and give half to charming she... i'm a pregnant woman who who needs to pump more blood to feed the placenta but it's fine it's fine i i this is what i texted you i loved how manic snow looked in this moment i don't think snow truly believed it would work i think snow just snapped mm-hmm. i wish they would have framed it that way a little bit mm-hmm. more and not just like a super cool good idea that she had I wish it was just her pleading with Regina to do something that she thought might kill her. You know, like she just snapped. She realized she'd done something. She can't take it back. She's ruined everything. And she just, she's about to lose everything all on top of it. And because she does, she looks manic. Her hair's all over the place. Her eyes are about the size of dinner plates. Uh, and, and Regina's like, I mean, I'll give it a shot. I guess I'll give you two arteries. Uh, Sure. And so she takes the heart out. It's all squishy. They even give it the little sound effect. Uh, and then she she puts her hands on it. And then it breaks and it makes the sound of like glass. Going yeah. Clink. And I was like, okay. Uh, it's cool. And then she shoves them into them. I I don't know why this made me laugh so much. I remembered that that he was running on half a heart. Like he's running on half a snow's heart. I knew that this happened. I forget how. I forgot how it happened. For some reason, the more I think about the fact that this happened, the more I laugh. It's <laughs> it's cute. I like this, like, on paper. You know what I mean? Like, they're bonded hearts. They're 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 one in the same. They're the same person. They should be able. They're they're one heart. They're the same. Cute. In execution, so corny, so corny. So for me, it's corny one. My my other thing is I think I would like this more if it hadn't happened while she was nine months pregnant. Because that made it very uncomfortable for me. Because in that moment, she was putting her husband before her child. She was doing something knowing it could kill her, but it wasn't just killing her. It was killing someone who she's been working to keep alive. I mean, she chose to bear this child and to bring it to term. So, yeah, like for me, I'm like, what's, you know, you're you're not just thinking for yourself. You're thinking for, for two in this moment. And you chose for the child in a way that they probably wouldn't want. But I also believe that that lines up with Charming being the heart she needed to crush. Because she will selfishly love Charming. I mean, she put a baby into a, a wardrobe <laughs> with an eight-year-old. <laughs> An eight-year-old wooden boy instead of the father because she didn't want to be separated. Like, I... No, we, that was just because only one person could go in the wardrobe. She didn't know Pinocchio had gone in there. Oh, that's That was right. a whole thing. Damn, I, oh, boy, that was going to be airtight. It was going to be airtight. <laughs> I'll uh, send you with this small child. <laughs> I'll send you with this small wooden puppet. But this is... I mean, still, it was still just one of those at no point they were just like, I guess the baby will survive... Uh, but like I said, it's just, it's snow will always think of herself then charming. And again, the, the game of where's their baby comes into play later. Like snow is just, she's kind of selfish. Not kind of, she's super selfish. It's, 
she's very but, nice and very pure and very sweet. Selfish to selfish as all. But they hell. don't portray it that way. That's no. the problem. It's no. not it's not framed that way. It's framed as like you said, the triumphant moment of brilliance that she can have it all. She can save her husband, which she does. And you know what? Bolly Bolly for, for them. Like I'm happy they all lived. I'm happy the baby is hopefully okay. I guess we'll find out next episode because she goes in labor at the end of the episode. Um, but the only last thing we have is Zelina makes a uh, an anti-amnesia potion for herself and for Rumple. This, uh, <laughs> this, this, I, I thought, I thought I snapped. I didn't see this scene seemed like a fever dream. Uh, so basically, yeah, she makes two little vials of memory potion. Uh, to keep their mm-hmm. memories. And she goes, here, I'm going to drink this. And she drinks it very seductively. It's like, mm, I'm going to drink it. And then she gives it to Rumple, And she tells him straight up, drink it, throw it down the drain, break it, save it for later. Uh, do whatever you want with it. I This was weird and out of character. She should have just ordered him to drink it. It was weird. Uh, yeah. Like, ordered him to drink. Because that would have made what happens next make sense. Because if she would have ordered Rumple to do something, then then Neil miraculously breaking out of his father's body to, like, one mission. Which I, I've, I'm having a hard time not framing this as Neil giving permission. Uh, is being like, I have to get to Hook. We have to write to Killian and give him the thing. So he rips part of his shirt. He writes it on the thing and he puts it on the potion and he gives it to a dove. And I love he's like, he calls a dove. A dove's like, hey, what's up? He puts on the dove's like, go, go to Killian. Go find Captain Hook. We Dove's like, I was going to in and out man. I guess I can go later. I guess. So that's how, and then he goes and lays back down into his, into his dad's body. <laughs> Uh, that's how Hook got the memory potion. Did he drink some of it himself and then give the rest to Emma? No. He had to, right? But then... Who? Because I... Hook's outside. Hook was outside of all of this. But then how did he get to... How did he get to New York? I don't think that part's been explained. Okay. I don't think. I feel like I... I don't remember. Uh, but that's the, like, he's outside of the curse, so he gets the memory potion that says give it to Emma, so he has to go. It's gonna be Ariel. It's gonna be Ariel. It skips Ariel. Mermaids. Yeah. Why does no one, why does no one check with Ariel? No, Ariel. Why don't they just send Ariel a message? (laughs) To, like, come back and stop, like, oh my, uh, this is. Okay, let's not even... I, I, I don't have the time. I don't have the mental capacity to do any of that. Anyway, so yes. So so Neil, his final his final sacrifice was once again helping everybody and uh, separating from his father, even though like that's never how it is in the present. It's always like them swapping selves, so whatever. Also, the CGI, not great. This is terrifying. <laughs> It was it was disgusting. It was it was worse than the other episode, and the other episode was really bad. Yeah, this was this was strange. Uh, yeah, that was, and that's the final scene. But what we have left in Storybrooke is the fact that Hook doesn't know where it came from. That's a fun little secret only we know, uh, and yeah. I guess Rumple knows. Uh, but like Snow and Charming are now very suspect because you know Zelina gave him marching orders, 
And and Emma's mad that he didn't tell her that this was the plan. Like, when yeah. would he have told her this? Yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of legit reasons to be upset at Hook. And I feel like this was the right one. <laughs> Miraculously, not the one you should have been mad about. Uh, Yeah, it just... it's it, They're in a weird dynamic now. They have to keep giving them a will-they-won't-they they situation. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's where we, we now know that Snow is the one that cast the Dark Curse, split her heart in half, and is now in labor. Big episode for young Miss Mary Margaret. And we also visited a grave for oh. a hot second, and oh. Henry met his new potential stepdaddy. How did I forget? I, did we, uh, listen, did we always know his last name was Cassidy? I think so. Okay. I think it's been mentioned, I but feel like I, just seeing yeah. it and me saying it out loud of saying Neil Cassidy, and then me Googling famous people with the last name Cassidy, because for some reason it sounded familiar, uh, Butch Cassidy notwithstanding. Um. Yeah, there was that. There was that scene, and then yeah, the Henry meeting his new stepdad. He's like Robin Hood, rad, so rad. <laughs> I don't need my Game Boy ever again. My stepdad's Robin Hood. He's gonna teach me to. He's gonna teach me to shoot a bow, but he, but not because I want to use a sword. Yeah, mm. Robin and Killian are gonna start competing. For for stepson's affections, just even more complicated relationships. Just what we need on Once Upon a Time. My a two more stepdads. complicated family tree. <laughs> My two stepdads. Well, uh. everybody, that was season three, episode nineteen, a curious thing, or as it is known in German, poisoned is the soul of the cursed. Hey, listen. <laughs> Holy cow. So good every time. I have to imagine. I I just want to know, and I no one listens to this that probably listens to it in German specifically. I want to know how dramatic it sounds in German. I want to know if it sounds like. I don't know. I don't know if the tone would be different in German because I think the music's all still the same. But I wonder if like in German it's like much heavier because these titles are out of this world. I would read a book written. Like, titled anything of any of these names. Each one is poetry. I think I want to take all of them and turn them into a, a poem and see how it sounds together. It's just going to be so beautiful together. It, it will sound like a 17-year-old project. A 17-year-old essay project on prose poetry. Um, oh, it would be amazing. On, put on fanfiction.net with the Lord of the Rings crossover. Hell yeah. My favorite <laughs> tangent that's ever happened on this the, the fanfiction.net. Oh, that was... Guys, I love it. I love so it. Overall, I felt like this episode was all right. It had some highs. It had some things I, I wasn't a huge fan of. Uh, apparently, it got very positive responses. Like, it got great reviews. Everyone loved it. It actually increased the viewership. So people were getting really excited going into the season three finale. Uh, but I also kind of feel like at the time, expectations had been really low because people really didn't like Neverland. So it could only go up from there. And the emotional highs of... This storyline are better than the ones of Neverland, even though the ones in Neverland should have been better because there was more to it. Um, but it was just better executed here. But what did you think about this episode, Abby? I mean, to to speak to the ratings bump, I think that they leaned into Oz a little bit more. And I mean, you gotta remember, Wicked was still pretty hot then. So mm. I I think that that there there is something to say about that. Like it's kind of like the resurgence of Daredevil at the moment. 
Uh, it's just one of those. Mm-hmm. It's been all around forever, but now now there's something. There's a reason to get into it again, and everyone. It's the new thing. So people talking about Oz and finally getting a little bit more, and I think people really respond to Zelina. Again, there were some campy moments in this episode that I could have done without, honestly, but it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Weird that the description was about the 30% of the show and not the major overarching element of casting the dark curse or finding out what Zelina's weakness is, uh, which is just direct sunlight. Uh, that very much happens with Disney Plus titles like... I don't know who does them, um, but oftentimes with some shows, they, they'll like, it almost feels like they watch five minutes of it and they're like, okay, what, what scene, where, where does it seem like it's going to go? Okay. Well, the biggest tension of the moment is Zelina threatening to kill Henry. Okay. That's the subject line. And then they move on to the next one. I wish they would do it the way they used to do like nineties television shows where like, if you read the captions or read the descriptions of those. You can tell that they were written for, like, direct TV like, when you're going through the channels and stuff. Not direct TV, but, like, I don't remember the channels anymore. Uh, but, like, you go through and you find the description where it'd just be like, you know, Emma Emma learns something. Henry steals a car. It's snowing on a <laughs> ship. Just, like, three sentences that have nothing to do with each other but somehow explain what's happening. And mm-hmm. sometimes interestingly enough would be a spoiler but you don't realize that it's a spoiler until after you watch it i love those kind of titles they're the best uh well guys thank you so much for joining us for this latest episode of once upon a timing uh the 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 pandemic illness edition though the the one although our illnesses are not pandemic my illness is not pandemic related but it's true neither of us do have pandemic related illness we're just but we're all impacted by it because that's just the way the world works it's tough take some breathers guys take care of yourselves big breaths play video games if that's what you like to do play your game boy play your game boy exactly so we want to send out a wonderful thank you to our patrons, especially our Snow Queen level patrons. Uh, and you guys are going to be stars of the show. I mean, you're already stars of the show, but you're going to be special super duper stars of the show coming up in just a couple episodes. Uh, we've got uh, our special shout out of this week is going to Cecile Jenny. Thank you, Cecile, for supporting us on Patreon. If you'd like to support us as well, you can go to patreon.com slash OUA timing. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spreaker or wherever you get your podcasts. You can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Beth Elderkin. I am at just underscore Abby. And we're going to be back next week with season three, episode 20, Kansas. And I think I remember that we do a lot with Dorothy next week. And I... uh, Something tells me, I don't. I think I remember not liking Dorothy, so I'm going to withhold judgment and see how it goes. Maybe I'll love her this time. Just like Once Upon a this- Time in Wonderland. You know what? It took me some time. Like the turnaround is just like Beth Smith. Dorothy's the only person that ever made any sense on Once Upon a Time. She's the best character ever written. <laughs> Protect her at all costs. Starts writing her into her Lord of the Rings fan fiction. Oh my god. I'm I'm Abby. I'm going to send this link to you and we're going to live forever. All right, everyone. Thank (laughs) you so much for joining us. And Abby, we will see you next week. I'll see you next week, Beth.
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.